0: Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi everyone, welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. In case you haven't heard, I am going to be doing a live podcast recording with Vitalik Buterin, the creator of Ethereum. On stage, in front of a live audience, we'll be discussing Ethereum 2.0, Polkadot, Substrate, Governance, and so much more. It will be in New York City on the evening of March 20th, and the venue will be announced very soon. Keep watching my Twitter feed for updates on that score. We'll have food, drinks, and giveaways. There are just a few seats left, so buy your tickets now. Check the show notes for the links to purchase. Also, if you have a question for Vitalik, there will be a Q&A at the end. Audience members will have a chance to ask questions, but also podcast listeners can pre-submit videos of themselves asking Vitalik a question. I'll select a few to play during the event. Just record a short video of yourself, one minute max, stating your first and last name, location and affiliation, if relevant, and asking your question. Email it to hello at unchainedpodcast.com with the subject line, video question. Again, that's hello at unchainedpodcast.com with the subject line video question. Now onto the show.
1: Within months, cryptocurrency anti-money laundering regulations go global. Are you ready? Avoid stiff penalties or blacklisting by deploying effective anti-money
0: laundering tools for exchanges and crypto businesses, the same tools used by regulators. CypherTrace is securing the crypto economy. The topic of today's podcast is Bitmain. Here to discuss is Samson Mao, Chief Strategy Officer of Blockstream. Welcome, Samson.
1: Thanks, Laura. It's great to be on your show.
0: Before we dive in, explain your background and how it is that you've come to be familiar with Bitmain as a company.
1: So I guess my relevant background in the crypto space is I was the Chief Operating Officer at uh, BTCC. BTC China, and we ran a mining pool, BTCC pool, which was one of the largest pools, uh, Bitcoin mining pools back then.
0: And so during that time, you were kind of following Bitmain because of their massive <laughs> outsized presence in the Bitcoin mining space.
1: Yeah, so we had our some some mining operations, so we're familiar with their hardware. We had to be familiar with every single. ASIC manufacturers hardware. Um, they're also a bit of a competitor too because they're also running their own their own mining pools, and you know the competition is a little bit fierce, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to say the least. So last week, Bitmain was in the headlines for reportedly losing five hundred million dollars in the third quarter of twenty eighteen, and that seems like a pretty stunning turnaround for what used to be considered. And may still be considered. I mean, it is, I guess, still just one of the giants of the space in terms of valuation. And last August, it had announced that it was plan it was hoping to do an eighteen billion dollar IPO in September. Do you think that they indeed lost five hundred million in Q three? And if so, why?
1: Well, looking at the the numbers, like um, I don't think we've actually seen the actual report on the the, the filing with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. But we did see their Q1 and Q2, and it's definitely highly likely they lost a lot in Q3, just because it, it's hard to imagine them being able to sell much in um, Q3 2018, given that they didn't have their new generation miner at that time. And also with the declining, rapidly declining Bcash price, um, they probably had to start selling off a lot of um, their assets.
0: And so talk a little bit more about that, about like why it is they would have had a hard time selling mining equipment. Is it because people were waiting for some new generation miner?
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's a a bit of a bear market now. Uh, The price is not really moving and the profitability with mining using the uh, S9 is basically non-existent. So you, you need to use newer generation equipment or hopefully you have very, very low electrical costs. And I think in Q um, what was it Q three twenty eighteen was when they first announced their next generation miner, the S fifteen. But it wasn't on sale then, so it's unlikely that they they're driving much sales at all, if any.
0: And is the S fifteen on sale now?
1: Yeah, they've been doing some sales from what I'm hearing on the grapevine. The sales aren't great. They're selling it actually probably at a loss right now because it's it's a seven nanometer process chip and it's very expensive to make. It's probably they're just selling it because they have to sell it, or else they'll be sitting on a huge pile of inventory. It's it's not even that efficient, too. That's another problem.
0: And so with this generation of miner, though, are the miners that are purchasing this equipment at least able to make money given where the price of Bitcoin is sitting right now?
1: Yeah, I think they're able to. It's just not really profitable because it's not a very efficient miner. It's um it's like 42, 42 joules a terahash. And no, it's like fifty-five joules a terahash. And that's like not really not really great at all given that the other miners like on the market, like the there's the M ten from their competitor Shenma, it's at uh, sixty five joules a terahash, so or sixty six. It's it's not really efficient, given the price. That's why they had to drop the price very low.
0: Okay, and just just to be clear, so essentially, the more efficient the miner, then the less electricity the miner has to spend or sorry the, the more efficient the mining equipment the less electricity the mining the miner has to spend in order to earn their bitcoins and so um so those kinds of um technical details can matter a lot but then but then mm-hmm. why are people purchasing it anyway if it's like not as efficient as this other machine that you mentioned
1: well they're pricing it um lower uh, to compete. And they're they're probably selling at a loss. I forgot the price, but I know they were selling at a deep discount relative to what I estimate their production cost to be.
0: All right. And then also you mentioned something about their Bitcoin cash holdings. So how do you think that played into the loss?
1: Yeah, so they're they're accepting they were Well, they were accepting bitcoin cash as a a payment for miners so they're they've been collecting a lot and they need to sell that to play pay staff suppliers everything like that so you know as the price is declining they're still accepting this as payment so they're incurring a loss just by having a really bad business model by taking bcash Cash. As the price is going down, you know they they need to sell more and more of it. I think I've seen some numbers; they're not official numbers um, in any official report, but it looks like their Bitcoin Cash holdings are way down.
0: All right. And so the other thing that happened was that in December the company announced layoffs, with some rumors asserting that fifty percent of the staff would be laid off. Do you know if the company if the cuts have been that deep?
1: I think it's probably more than fifty percent. The number of employees, I think worldwide was about 3000 and they're down. I've, I've seen it. I've seen reports saying it's down to a thousand. And I've seen another report saying it's down to a few hundred. So it's, it's deeper than 50% for sure. And they closed several offices. They closed their Israeli office, their Amsterdam, Amsterdam office. They had a planned $500 million facility in Texas, which they said they're scaling down. And then later on, it appears that it's now closed. So there's a lot of layoffs. I think the bulk of their staff are just in Beijing right now.
0: And do you know what departments they're cutting?
1: Um, Well, I know they cut a lot of their Bcash (laughs) departments. They had a team working on a Bcash client, and that was the, the first one that was cut, actually. And that was kind of leaked out just through disgruntled employees posting on job posting sites. And then after that, we started seeing more and more cuts until Christmas time. I think that was their big cut. And then some more afterwards.
0: And so what do you think their strategy is now based on which staff they appear to have kept and which offices they've kept?
1: It looks like they're just going to focus on chip development. And it has to do with um, the split between uh, um, Mikri and Jihan. So they're, they're saying now that they're just focused on just making ASICs for mining and AI chips. And that means they don't need a lot of the other ancillary business units that, I guess, Jihan used to run.
0: And the two people you named are the co-CEOs? Yes. Yeah. Talk a little bit more about that split. What What do you mean by that?
1: Well, they haven't made any official announcements, but, you know, there's a lot of people leaving and there's a lot of uh, buzz flying around. So someone was saying that um, there's like a company chat app that they're using for company comms. And uh, I think since last year, Jihan has not really been speaking on it. So he's just been kind of absent. They they did like a, a transition. They didn't formally announce it yet, but it's just uh, at their annual company meeting where they appointed a new CEO and they made a speech together And then, yeah, Jihan's not really involved anymore. It's From what I'm hearing, he's just spending time in Singapore mostly, and uh, Mikri Jan is running the show, and it seems like they're just going to focus on tech.
0: We'll discuss more about Bitmain's prospects going forward, but first, a quick word for my fabulous sponsors. Ready or not, the Financial Action Task Force anti-money laundering recommendations soon go into effect globally. If you handle
1: cryptocurrencies, no matter where you do business, these new AML laws will apply to you. CypherTrace helps exchanges, ICOs, funds, brokerages, and regulators understand and manage crypto asset and compliance risks. Learn how to reduce your exposure and prepare now for tough new regulations. CypherTrace is securing the crypto economy. Learn more at cyphertrace.com
0: unconfirmed. Back to my conversation with Samson Mao of Blockstream. So you mentioned that they're focusing on AI. What I know that there was kind of like a moment when they said that this was going to be a major part of their strategy. Do you think that that continues to be their plan?
1: I think it's their plan. And in their... IPO prospectus, they said that, you know, that's a major focus for the company. I think they've sunk a lot of money into R&D. And if you're wondering, like, where, how could they incur that big of a loss? I think they're still, they're still funding a lot of, um, AI chip R&D and research. I think they have a team in the US also still doing AI stuff. So that's a, a really big cost center for them. But, you know, I've, uh, looking at some of their AI chips, it looks like they're, their efficiency. The watts per terahash are are not that not that great. It's like three times more than some of the computing ones. And it's not also not clear that there is a market for AI chips. It's like a brand new marketplace. Most people that want to do processing uh, AI AI work, they're just leasing cloud computing uh, to do so like um whenever they need it. It's not like you need a chip always on in in your computer, crunching like you you need a AI chip in a in a <laughs> like you need an ASIC in a mining farm that's running twenty four seven. So it's really questionable of that business model, and if they can be a top producer of this hardware.
0: So it sort of seems like they've probably been trying to diversify, but maybe the industry that they're trying to to diversify into isn't one that is necessarily going to save them from this crypto downturn
1: yeah it's it's a it's it's gonna be very hard if if they succeed in you know making AI their main business unit.
0: so let's talk a little bit more also about the Bitcoin cash situation. Um, do you know if they've kind of changed their strategy around which cryptos they accept and which cryptos they're going to hold on their balance sheet?
1: Well, I haven't um, looked at their store for a while, but I would hope that they're not accepting Bcash anymore for for sales because it's not really um, it's not really a, a good business strategy. They were sitting on like a, a million Bcash in in their holdings, and that's like incredibly illiquid. If they were even to s- like sell it half of it, well, I think they did, but they would crash the market, and you know the market did kind of come down. They're they're basically the only ones that are they're holding it before, but moving forward, I don't think that um, they're going to make these kind of business decisions anymore because that's largely driven by Jihan. Mikri was never, never a Bcash guy. He was just he's just a, a tech guy. He, he wants to run a business, and with Jihan and him parting ways, it sounds like it's it's going to change a bit.
0: So going back to um, to what you were mentioning about Jihan who, by the way, I have um, (laughs) invited onto my show multiple times um, to no avail, uh, just for listeners who are wondering about that. Um, But I did see a tweet from Dovey Wan of Primitive Ventures, who was recently a guest on Unchained. And um, she tweeted that she's heard from multiple non-official sources that Jihan is leaving to start a new company that will be a spin-out from Bitmain, focused on Bitcoin Cash and decentralized finance. Have you heard anything about that? Uh,
1: there's uh, a lot of rumblings about what's happening, and it sounds like it's accurate because he's uh, <laughs> he's not there anymore in in Beijing with um, with with Mikri. So he's in Singapore doing his own thing, and it definitely sounds like if he wants to keep focusing on, on Vcash, then he needs to do it in a new company because their paths are diverging.
0: And okay. But yeah, I mean, it sounds like if this is a spin out, then somehow Bitmain will still be involved in this company.
1: It's hard to say the management structure is very complex and, you know, they, they can each self fund a startup if they wanted to. So It's hard to say exactly what the tie-in to Bitmain will be, but from what I gather, it's probably not going to be very closely tied. It's just Jihan going out to do his own thing. Of course, he's going to try to prop it up with his background at Bitmain and prior successes and try to give it some more legitimacy.
0: All right, let's turn our attention to the IPO so as I mentioned earlier in the show, they initially said that their intention was to IPO in September. Mm-hmm. What what's the current status of the IPO?
1: Well, it personally I don't think it's very good uh because I, I read through their original filing and there's a lot of misrepresentations in there and a lot of inaccuracies and a lot of um opaqueness. It's it, it was really hard to get a a picture of what exactly their finances look like they, they say they value their crypto at cost. Um, there's no disclosure about what that cost is. So you just see, you know, a large number attached to these holdings. And, you know, if you're in the crypto space, you know, <laughs> you know, that's not, it's not real. You have to mark to market. You have to see like the amount of liquidity for these things. And they even said in their filing, um, these are highly liquid assets, which is totally untrue. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, uh, it's highly unlikely. There's also other problems too, which um, the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, uh, I think the CEO or someone said, they don't really like um, companies that are doing cryptocurrencies. Um, and, you know, Bitmain is... Is not just the ASIC uh, chip manufacturer. They could just be a pure ASIC chip manufacturer, but they're not. They do a lot of other businesses. They have uh, a lot of crypto holdings, or had a lot of crypto holdings. They um they they run mining pools. Um, their 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 hands are in a lot of different pots, and it's complicating their business model, which makes it harder for the the exchange to greenlight them. If you look at other companies like um like uh. uh Canon or Ebang, they're, they also filed before. Their businesses are more straightforward. They're just a chip manufacturer. They have no outside business in, you know, the crypto space aside from making chips, which makes it a lot easier for them to file. I think, um, Canon has pulled out of their filing. Ebang is still in the running, but, um, yeah, Bitmains, they're, they're, they're very, very complex. And the other problem, which I've, I've talked to some people, involved in filings and stuff for Hong Kong Stock Exchange. They don't like it if your filing is based on a future business model because that's really shaky. And Bitmain's whole thing is that they're moving into AI and they're going to be an AI company, which is just um, you're you're basically selling people on the promise of the future instead of what's happening now and the financials now.
0: So why do you think Bitmain did try to do an IPO or, or is trying to do an IPO?
1: Uh, because they had really good numbers in twenty in 2017, right? And, and early 2018. So the, they're just trying to capitalize on that. And it makes sense. But that's, that was not uh, going to sustain itself. And they also raised a lot of money pre-IPO to kind of... Um, Keep the ship running, and I think from what I've I've heard, the terms of those investments is that they need to repay repay that the money uh, if they don't IPO. So they really, really need to try to IPO.
0: Wow, oh my gosh, that yeah, that does not sound like a good situation. And just from what you were saying before about kind of the attitude of the Hong Kong Stock Exchange toward crypto companies in general. I mean, what is the likelihood that there is actually an IPO at all?
1: Uh, Someone's asked me about this. (laughs) It's hard to put a number, but I would say less likely than likely.
0: Okay. Yeah. It sounds like it. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on Unconfirmed.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Laura. It's great to be here.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast player. New episodes of Unconfirmed come out every Friday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Rayling Galapali, Fractal Recording, Jenny Jefferson, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening.